Welcome to All Road 65 Max Radio, where the road ahead gets brighter as we journey toward truth, traveling through our dreams and inspiration into a new reality. It's time, and your ticket is waiting. All aboard All Roads Lead 65 Max with Pamela Henderson. Greetings. Thank you for joining me on BBS Radio, All Road 65. I am your host, Pamela L. Henderson. I am the author of the new book, A Journey of a Sapphire. It is a self-help book that I hope to inspire others on their journey towards success and how to recognize behavioral problems and never to give up on your dreams. My focus is my mission statement to help create a quality of life through social growth, inspiring Jews to become leaders by establishing partnerships with corporations, donors, sponsors, volunteers, and the community and abroad. I want to welcome my special guest today, Amy Nordhues, is a survivor of both childhood sexual abuse and sexual abuse as an adult at the hands of a mental health professional. She is passionate, Christ follower, and expert on the healing God provides. She has a BA in psychology with minors in psychology and criminology. Her devotions have been published in The Secret Place, Judson Press, devotional series. Her essay, Give Me a Sign, won second place at the Blue Ridge Mountains Christian Writers Conference Foundation Awards. Her memoir, Prayed Upon, won the Inspirational Christian Writers Great Openings Contest for nonfiction. She blogs at www.amynordhughes.com, a mother of three. She enjoys spending time with family, writing, reading, photography, and all things comedy. At last, I want to say thanks again for giving me this interview, Amy, and welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) You're so welcome. So, Amy, where did you grow up and what inspired you to become who you are today as a servant of leadership? Well, I grew up in Atlanta, Georgia. I was actually adopted, and then my parents went on to have twin girls and then another daughter. Mm. Um, Yeah, and when I was 15, we moved to Bartlesville, Oklahoma, and that's kind of what I where I call home because that's where I live, you know, still today with my family. And, you know, I didn't anticipate becoming an author I always loved to write and I wrote poetry and um you know maybe like short essays and things but I was taken advantage of in my early 40s by a Christian therapist here in my town and it was that you know trauma that propelled me to write a book and become an advocate for Victims of Therapists and Clergy Abuse. That is awesome. That is beautiful. 
speaking your truth. That is that is beautiful. I'm proud of you. Thank Amy, you. tell me about your focus in criminology. Well, I don't have a lot to say there. It was just always kind of a passion of mine in college. I feel like all things um, abnormal <laughs> were kind of of interest to me. All things, you know, just why people behaved in the way that they did. Right. Um, yeah, I never dreamed that I would, you know, be later having these experiences um, with a serial predator. But, yeah, it was just something I was always passionate about. Psychology, sociology, just human behavior in general. Yeah. It, it's so interesting how trauma can trigger of becoming a servant and to help others. That's that's a blessing, actually. That is, is truly is. a blessing. Being a survivor of sexual abuse, what healing techniques helped you to overcome trust issues? Well, you know, I, I had a lot of sexual abuse um, over my lifetime, but I will just speak to the more recent abuse. And there were a lot of different things that I, I did to work through the trauma. I did, I eventually, even though it was scary, I did seek out another therapist and I did about a year of EMDR therapy, which is really helpful um, for extreme trauma. Um, I, my faith was a huge piece. I essentially made the decision that I wasn't, going to allow my abuser to keep me, you know, enslaved to anger and bitterness and mistrust and isolation and fear. You know, I had lived that way much of my life and refused to let him take that away from me again. So it was really kind of a decision to continue to trust, even though it's scary. And it is especially scary for me in the Christian world now just because he was a Christian leader. Um, but I know not all people are evil and it's, you know, kind of a choice that I made to continue to trust and give people the benefit of the doubt. And I was blessed to find an ethical and safe therapist, you know, later after I did the EMDR, I found someone else. And, um, so I have, you know, since had a, a positive experience, um, in being able to trust. So I know that might not have fully answered it, but it's kind of just a choice. It's kind of a choice as to whether you're going to shut down and close off um, and retreat or, you know, work through the pain and, and continue to trust. And I wanted the connection with others, so I continue to trust. Yes, you answered, and that was absolutely um, inspiring what you had said, and I appreciate you being open in regards to that, because the trauma that we go through in life, it can hunt us for the rest of our lives, or we can work on within self to overcome as we heal. So I really yeah. feel that that is a blessing. Yes. yes, I agree. 
So tell me about your essay, Give Me a Sign. Yeah, um, my sister passed away in 2010, and that really threw me into a dark place and kind of really heightened my anger with God that I had kind of had building over the years from past sexual abuse and things, and just felt especially angry with him around that time, and um, my mom, who, you know, had very strong faith, um, would talk about signs that she was receiving from my sister, you know, just letting her know that she was in heaven and that she was okay, and that I'm not going to lie, at the time, that was a little bit irritating to me because I would prayed to God, you know, my whole life, and I never felt like he answered me. And so it was kind of like, yeah, yeah, I, you know, enough with the signs. And But deep down, God knew because he, he knows our hearts, and he knew that I was actually longing for that and longing to hear from him and and, you know, longing to know that my sister was okay. And so... I don't even know that I prayed it. It was just sort of he heard my heart's cry. And when I came back home after the funeral, I walked into a, a, a department store and I saw a book on a table that was called A Cup of Comfort for Sisters. And it just stopped me dead in my tracks. And I knew that was a sign for me. And I picked up the book and the only name on the, I looked at the author's name and the name on the front of the book was my sister's name. Um, which is an unusual name. I feel like it was Colleen. And I just was, you know, full body chills. I just couldn't believe it. And and then I open up the book, and the page that I open up to, I start to read. The first sentence said, Amy, breathe, and my name is Amy. So I was so, I'm so, I love that little book. I just, I bought it as if, if I didn't buy it quick enough, you know, it would disappear. And and like maybe it wasn't real, and um, so that that was a huge moment where I realized that not only can God hear me and answer me, but you know He can love on us in just the ways that we need, and He desires to do that. So that is what that essay was about. Give me a sign. Oh, that's beautiful. That yeah, is it was beautiful. really cool. You know, you can you you can always go back to that, and especially when you're feeling a little down or something comes over you that is a little uh, heartfelt and you can always go back to that for inspiration so that yes. is that's beautiful it's on my book in my bookshelf behind glass it's very special to me i don't i've never even read the book you know i don't desire to read the whole book necessarily maybe one day but like you said it's just something a tangible reminder of god's love for me Absolutely. That I can, Absolutely. yeah. Yeah. Elaborate about your blogging and what makes it interesting for others to read and join you. Know about Amy. Yeah. The blogging that I have done, um, I started out with my website of doing kind of an introduction to who I am, and I talk about um, finding God. Uh, finding Jesus in my 40s or, you know, becoming a believer late in life, because that's something I'm really passionate about is, I don't know, just for people that feel like God hasn't heard them, hasn't answered them, that feel beaten down, 
that have kind of given up and lost hope. Um, I wanted my website and I wanted those articles to just be kind of a beacon of hope that um, you can still have that and it's still there. And I think for me, it was my connection with God was kind of blocked behind a wall of anger that I had and a a wall of protection that I had built up. And then um, a lot of my blogging has been after that has been for therapist abuse, because that is really, you know, the core of, of my message is reaching out to um, mostly adult victims of therapist and clergy abuse. And I say clergy because a lot of times there you go to a pastor for a counseling, you know, mentoring type relationship, so they're kind of similar. Um, but I especially want adult victims to understand that they're not alone and that it's not their fault. And so that is that is largely what I write about. And I, in putting out my book, I haven't blogged in a while, and I intend to get back to it. And I would really like to give other victims a voice that I know that I've met and would like to share their stories but maybe don't know how. And so I'd like to, you know, start featuring them so that they can have a platform. Yeah, that would be beautiful. Absolutely. And you get back to that blogging. Because that I know. will still heal, Amy. So that's I know, totally you know, important. I, you, it kind of feels like, you know, since everybody blogs, it feels like it's just another article that gets lost in the shuffle. Um, and everybody's email, you know, inboxes are full. And so it's hard to motivate to do that. But, you know, I had a young man come across my website and, and read a few of my blog posts and and it just brought him such hope that because he didn't feel like he could forgive himself for his sexual abuse because he was old and in his mind he was a teenager. I, I don't even remember his exact age, but, you know, to him he was old and, and it was unacceptable. And I was able to say, yeah, and I was 40, and, I, and it was still not my fault. And so, you know, just it doesn't matter how many, you know, that are reached, if the people that need it will find it. Oh, you're right. I need to get back. I need to get back to that. That'll be a New Year's resolution for me. Absolutely, because I blog as well on my website, and I'm I am almost up to eight thousand fans who follow me. Oh my me. god! And I'm just not. I'm a unique blogger, and I blog about my truth, my experience, and how I can share knowledge. And people respect that and they looking for that. And, you know, I get a lot of kudos for my truth and being able to inspire someone else. I am a unique blogger, as I stated, because I'm not just blogging just everything that everyone wants to hear. I may come up with different strategies and discuss COVID. And at the same time, what we're fighting against and trying to move forward in our lives, accepting COVID, people want to hear about how you can still maintain to go out and shop and do different things, visit your family and how to be safe. And also about some of those issues that bring about abuse and things of that nature. So yeah, I am a unique blogger and I don't just discuss in my article about one particular subject. 
I may be bringing you this and that and something else. And at the end of the day, I have a quote for you. So, <laughs> yeah, so I'll have to check it out because I definitely am still learning in that area. Oh, absolutely. Check it out on allroad65max.org. And I do get a lot of questions that I do answer about um, new bloggers or even people who have already been blogging in experience already. And they're like, you know, they run out of things to say. No, there's never anything you should run out to say. There's so much to discuss. We, You don't have to do what is the norm. And I think right. that is the... Uh, most interesting conversation that a blogger has to understand. Speak your truth and talk about the different things that you feel, not about what the world expects for you to say. Right. That's good. So with on that note, we are going to take a break and we will be right back.
Greetings and welcome back to BBS Radio, All Road 65. I am your host, Pamela L. Henderson, with my special guest, Amy Nord-Hughes. I am the author of the new book, A Journey of a Sapphire. It is a self-help book, How to Recognize Behavioral Problems. The book is about a girl who overcame adversity on her journey towards success. You can purchase the book on Amazon.com, Journey of a Sapphire by Pamela Henderson, available also on Kindle, and you can purchase a hard copy at journeyofasapphire.com. Amy, it is interesting when you connect with people who have similar interests as I. Also, I am girl empowerment, and I believe that mental illness and behavioral problems are two different concerns. Even though they have similarities, they are still two different issues. Can you elaborate regarding your expertise of being a passionate Christ follower and how God's healing helped you to overcome the abuse? Yes. um, That's one of my favorite parts of the book, in fact. I had, growing up, I didn't realize this, but I mean, I knew that I had low self-esteem, but I I didn't realize that I was really living by this kind of faulty set of rules or these, you know, lies that I had accepted as truths about myself until I had this experience of being a group of being groomed and taken advantage of by this um, therapist and sexual predator. And as I watch him taking advantage of me and I, I, notice the red flags and I question it, I kind of, I kind of sat back and observed and I could kind of watch myself minimizing his, um, his behaviors and, um, blaming things on myself. And, um, and I, when I get out and I put this story down on paper, I kind of wrote out this, this list of rules and they're kind of like, you know, they're absurd because, and they're meant to be absurd because they're um, things that we are accepting as truth. Things such as, you know, people in authority don't make poor decisions or I don't have the right to make someone in a position of authority, especially a Christian elder, feel uncomfortable. You know, so whatever they're doing, if, if they're making you uncomfortable, the problem must lie with you, things like that. And so, when I got out and I was just crying out to God, I didn't even know how I could survive it. I just felt like my world was shattered and my world was over. No one was going to believe me. I was going to be mocked. I might lose my marriage and my family. I lost my church, a lot of my friends. Um, God showed up for me in a really powerful way and just loved on me in really unique ways. And eventually um, I got to a place where I realized that the true healing was going to come from or come by addressing those, you know, rules that I had for myself, those lies that I was believing that, that fostered the self-hatred and the shame. And so I wrote love letters, which kind of sounds silly, um, from God to myself in the form of poetry. Um, And I, I just kind of poured out to him, you know, 
look at look at what I've done or look what I allowed and look at what a terrible person I am and look what a failure I am and just kind of kept countering all of my arguments with what I knew that scripture told me he would say back to me. And I just wrote and wrote and wrote and did that until I could feel kind of a shift and I could feel his love and his words and his truth start to penetrate through, you know, my walls of of shame and, and self-hatred. So that, that was, that was a huge um, part of my healing and a huge gift that came out of this trauma. And then in writing the book, as I do start to heal and I'm on the other side, I come up with a new set of rules based on who God says I am. Oh, that's beautiful. I like that when you just stated about writing the love letter and that is a healing technique. Yes. That is beautiful. I think that I'm, that's... Uh-huh. Go ahead. Well, a friend of mine likes to do something similar, but she she imagines Jesus coming into a conversation, like if there's a past hurt or a past abuse, you know, visualizing the the episode as it played out, but then having Jesus standing in and thinking about, how he would respond and what he would think about what's happening and what he would say. And that's another really cool healing technique you can do. It doesn't have to be writing. Yeah. Yeah. Those affirmations come in handy as well. And it's always good to state an affirmation to yourself. And especially when you are overcoming any topic, any type of trauma. So that, that, that is Mm-hmm. So tell me about. Of, uh-huh. Go ahead. No, go ahead. So tell me about the book Prayed Upon. I mean, I can't wait to really get off into the book. Tell us about that. Um. Yeah. So the the title is Prayed P R A Y E D because I think I'm going to a Christian counselor and a, and a church elder, and I think I'm in really good hands. In fact, I thought God led me there, and it was part of my healing journey, and he always bragged that the Holy Spirit was his boss, and we always opened up our sessions in prayer, and it isn't until I get out a year and a few months later that I realized I'd been preyed upon with an E, um, and that it had all been a game, and it had all been a joke, and that the manipulation had started on day one. Um, but the book... It's kind of laid out, um, well, we talked about the rules already. I, I kind of talk about my background in the beginning with, and the development of some of these faulty beliefs that I, that I form. And then the bulk of the story is spent on the actual grooming process when I start seeing him until I leave because I needed to see for myself what happened and how as an adult could I have been duped? I mean, I feel like I'm an intelligent person. So how could this have happened to me? And, and I wanted the reader, I wanted other victims to see this is exactly how it happened. And they are masterful and skillful in their manipulation and it, and they can take advantage of anyone. And I wanted, you know, other readers who have not experienced abuse to be able to read the book and understand, okay, like maybe they won't fully get it, but they'll get more of an idea of what grooming is and what it looks like and how sneaky it is and how subtle it is and how we make excuses and 
for other people or we minimize things. And and then the the third half of the book is on um, on my escape and then my healing, which really took place over a period of probably five years because it took me that long to get enough healing under my belt that I could write the book, you know, from a place of, not from a place of anger or, you know, not from a vengeful place, but from the place where I've gained enough healing that I had something that I could offer. So that's, that's kind of a gist. I have a question for you. As okay. I was reading about the CDC, mental health counselors provide emotional counseling and guidance to individuals suffering from mental and behavioral disorders. My focus through my foundation is stipulated to have a group focused meeting as part of their scheduled program. Because I believe when you are open to discuss the behavioral habits that you either inflict on yourself or become a victim of abuse, you are able to recognize and take responsibility that is needed towards healing. What is your input about behavioral disorders? Um, can you be more specific about what you mean so, by behavioral like, disorder? Yeah, so with the abuse that you had experienced. And like you said, at first you were blaming self. Right. But in all reality, it was the person who was committing the abuse. So what is just your intake about be a behavioral disorder? Do you feel that or, or has it ever helped you to have a group meeting? Did you ever go into like a group focus meeting and discuss some of the trauma you had gone through to help you to get that start the healing? Well, I did before I saw this therapist, I attended a Celebrate Recovery, which is a Christ-centered 12-step group, and and I did a weekly group with, you know, through that for about a year um, and found it very, very uh, beneficial. And then after I got out of this experience, I needed to find like-minded people. I couldn't heal without knowing that I was, that there were other people that I wasn't the only one on the planet that has ever experienced this. And I, I was able to find other adult therapist clergy victims on a website um, called Tell. And that was another part of my healing that I failed to mention. But just having other like-minded women say, you know, who were, professional and um, intelligent and successful say that it that I was not alone and it was not my fault and so yes I find that hugely helpful um, I still wish there was a place more specific to therapist abuse um, you know group wise um, right. I have found the only other thing I have found is, um, is snap which is survivors network of those abused by priests and I have just a few of those virtual meetings, but anyway, I don't know that if, I, if I've addressed your question or not. <laughs> yeah, you did. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for answering that. What yeah. do you consider to be the top three strengths of you right now? Just my personal strengths? Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Um, 
I would have never said this before, but I would have to say now courage because this is one of the scariest things I've ever done. My original plan was not to tell a soul. And now here I've written a book. Um, Another strength would probably be um, empathy. I used to dislike that in myself, um, but I'm actually quite proud of it now. I know that being an empathetic type person made me a little bit more vulnerable to predators, but I, I still would much rather be the person that I am, you know, than be a cynical um, type person, if that makes sense. And a third strength, hmm. It's always so hard to compliment yourself, isn't it? <laughs> being empowered, being empowered by the trauma you have gone through and like you had stated, and being yeah, true, um, to be able to speak your truth, I think. Yeah, I just, I just think, yeah, courage and strength, you know, inner strength and empathy are probably three mm-hmm. um, that are most at the forefront of my mind right now just because of what I'm doing. Because, I, you know, I told God many times, I don't really want to write the book anymore. <laughs> I mean, let's just forget the whole idea, you know, and he was like, no, we're going to write the book. So, right. That is so true. Uh, I had gone through some trauma, too, and that's why I had written a book, How to Recognize Behavioral Problems, because my journey, I was taken off my journey as I was on a journey towards, you know, success. And I just was feeling and starting to have all these different types of challenges and obstacles and it was like something was trying their best to stop me from moving forward so and it really became horrific challenges in my life and you just would have to read a book it would make you cry it would make you totally be inspired and I did question I never questioned God but what I did question is the why why, why was I going through this? And what is wrong with these people? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a much better way to think. <laughs> yeah. You have to ask, what is wrong with these people? And and so oh, you're no. like, either they're sick or retarded or, you know, just have some issues within self. And so I had made that one letter. I sent that one letter out that got answered. And that's when I start getting answers so I can start healing. But I did not recognize how broken I was until one day I needed to create. And that's when I started blogging and I needed to write my new blog. And I just couldn't. And I just burst out in tears because I was so hurt every time I discussed the experience I was going through. So I, I really do appreciate God taking the time to help me rest. And he know he knew I needed some rest. And that what is and you know, a lot of times when you go through trauma, you tend to, you know, to put on that other helmet of being so strong, but in reality, you're broken. So you need time to heal. Yes. 
I can relate to that. There's a lot of ups and downs. Absolutely. And sometimes I feel like we get that label, like you were saying, that helmet or that label of like, we're the overcomer. And that's wonderful. And we are. But that doesn't mean that we don't have days that we suffer or that we need to stay in bed longer or that we need to reach out for, you know, talk to a friend or talk to a counselor or take medication. I mean, it doesn't mean that the battle is necessarily over. It just kind of means that we, we know who's won the battle. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I do agree. And what do you think that was your weaknesses that you can state that can help someone recognize and take responsibility such as you did to overcome and get well moving forward towards social growth? Weaknesses, you mean that allowed me to become taken advantage of or that kept me stuck? That kept you stuck. Probably um, a lot of what I've talked about is uh, of how I spent a lot of the first part of my life of, um, you know, holding on to anger and bitterness and unforgiveness. Um, also the self-blame. It's maybe a way to feel like we have some control if we blame ourselves, but mm-hmm. it's obviously hugely damaging. Um, let's see what else. There's probably a long list. Um, just not, just really comes down to the, the lack of self-worth and not recognizing that we have, you know, as much value as anyone else does. And so that's not necessarily a weakness, but it is if we allow it to beat us down and be taken advantage of over and over. True. That is so true. Yeah. Absolutely. That is true. That is so true. I know I was reading about the CDC who states mental disorders among children are described as serious changes in the way children typically learn, behave, or handle their emotions. And I was reading that, you know, you work with children as well, correct? I did, yes, for several years. I worked at a elementary school. What is your input and how can a therapist help someone to abate the cause of distress and problems, just in your opinion, getting them through the day? Because we know children experience so many different issues, but... Really speaking, have you worked with any children whom have gone through physical abuse as well? Oh, gosh. I In college, I did an internship at a shelter for battered women and children, and it was, ooh, it was really hard. And, um, you know, I don't have any magical answers necessarily except just to be a safe place and a safe space for them to talk. And so, yes, I, I had a child ask me if all men hit and I said, no, sweetie, not all men hit. And she said, is it just Missouri men, men that lived in the state of Missouri? And, Mm -hmm. you know, I said, no. And so I have worked with children in that regard, not as a professional though, as a student. And then, um, 
And then I worked in the school system for three or four years. But I, I can't necessarily speak as a therapist because I don't have that training. Absolutely. Yeah, that was just your own uh, opinion in re- regards to that. And I tell you also, as an advocate, when I went and spoke at the school, you don't have to look far when you are focused on one issue pertaining to abuse, no matter if it's physical or emotional. And in school itself, there are children, teenagers whom are experiencing this type of bad behavioral issues from home and God knows from wherever else. And you need more advocates to help these these children and, and, and teenagers, young adults, to know that, you know, their voice can be heard. Yeah, and it's heartbreaking. It, it would is, be a hard field for me to work in would be social work. It would be hard for me because <laughs> I yeah. just want to love on them and scoop them up and bring them all home. And, you know, we can't really do that. You know, all we can do is be for them or be there for them during the school day and just Absolutely. pour into them as much as we can. Absolutely. One of the programs that are offered through my foundation, say it's six month mentor internship is, um, as I stated, is to have that focused mentoring counseling session, which will be part of their program schedule. And I am looking forward to the outcomes pertaining to that and everything. That's awesome. Are you trying to get that implemented during the school day? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, you know, it made me think when I, I also... Um, tutored for a year or two at a different elementary school here in town. And I'll tell you what, what we really did was, I mean, we were working on math problems, but we were also talking about how dad is in prison and he's an athlete and I want to be just like him and how mom didn't show up for her, um, you know, weekly session. And so, it was like I poured into these children as much as I could, you know, and loved on them as much as I could. But there's just such deep need um, for these guys. And I think they were just like in second grade. So what you're talking about sounds amazing and um, kind of felt like I was doing that a little bit, even though we were technically learning math. <laughs> 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 yeah, you can find yourself discussing everything, to be honest with you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They tell you everything. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when you talk to the um, the, the, the kids, you, you start talking about something else, and they start telling you about this and that and, and, and everything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that is, uh, that's, that's beautiful. So, Amy, how can someone purchase your book? Um, if they go to my website, which is www.amynordhues, A-M-Y-N-O-R-D-H-U-E-S, as in Sam, .com, um, they can purchase my paperback on that website, and they'll also find the links 
to purchase either the ebook or the paperback on all other stores, like it's on Amazon and wherever else books are sold. That's beautiful. Is there anything else you would like to tell us? Um, just if you're in a situation where you're either you feel you're being abused or taken advantage of, or you think you might be, I just like to always say that, you know, I couldn't get out without help. I couldn't get out of my own. I, I wanted to, you know, swallow my pride and do it myself, but I couldn't do it. And I just stayed longer. I just ask people, you know, to please reach out to someone. And if you aren't believed, which is very common, not necessarily not believed, but if you're not taken seriously or the person you tell doesn't want to deal with it um, because it's uncomfortable or, you know, puts them in a bad position, um, to keep telling until someone hears you because someone will hear you. And I just also like to always tell victims that it's not their fault and they're not alone. It's extremely common. Absolutely. And um, let us know about your um, social media links. Um, yeah. We- and I, I don't know that I could rattle them off to you, but I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram you know, with my full name, Amy Norcuse. And um, I'm also on Goodreads. And okay. I think I'm on LinkedIn, but I, I haven't done much on there. But so most I'm most active on Twitter and Facebook. Okay. Okay. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, listeners, Amy, it was beautiful having you on the show. We had a great conversation. I hope... I inspired you and I wish you the best and we will be touching bases again. And listeners, I have reached my destination and as always, peace, love and happiness. And I hope everyone will have a wonderful Merry Christmas. And I leave you with this quote. I have written all of the poems you see in my shop. Thank you for supporting my creative writing efforts. I appreciate it with all of my heart. Thank you guys and do have a wonderful and Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Thank you for listening to All Roads 65 Max Radio with Pamela Henderson. Join us every other week on Tuesdays, 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on BBS Radio Station One. And please visit allroads65max.org and become a volunteer or sponsor and be the change you want to see in this world. With your help, we can make a difference in our society and uplift those who so desperately need our help. Thank you for tuning in.